once again to another episode of Leeson Learned. This is episode two. And uh, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for joining here on uh, YouTube. If you're listening right now, if, you're, uh, if you've downloaded this podcast, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who listened to episode number one last week. And uh, thank you for joining us here once again. I am very excited for this week's guest. Um, this is a, a gentleman that I met several years ago. He attended one of my shows. I've been a big fan of his. Uh, he, he's been a, a great uh, inspiration to me as an independent artist as well, and uh, I could not be more thrilled to have him on the podcast. Let me give you a little breakdown. This gentleman, his, he writes, records, designs all of his own performances. He is fully hands-on with all aspects of his sound and image, creating something truly authentic and unique in today's hip-hop landscape. He has over 700 shows under his belt in Canada, South America, and Europe. He's got over 1 million streams on Spotify, over 1 million views on YouTube, and continues to grow his dedicated fan base. He's performed with artists like Snoop Dogg, Wu-Tang Clan, Nelly, Mercules, Akon, Sean Paul, Tech 9 Classified, Swollen Members, and many, many more. And I could not be more excited to welcome Robbie G. A little bit about uh, you growing up. What was, uh, what were you like as a kid? Like uh, in, you know, elementary school what was that like elementary school wow my memory's a little foggy from <clears throat> the smoke but <laughs> <laughs> i mean a bit back then uh i i don't know i liked playing sports always always big into sports so baseball i think at the time as, as i was a kid i went through pretty much every sport possible until i found hip-hop and fell in love and then I just kind of like focused on that more than anything else but when I was a kid I mean yeah sports drawing you know were you good were you a good artist uh I mean drawing drawing yeah, yeah. drawing a little bit my brother was was definitely better than me as far as the drawing goes I just did it for fun um and I also like painted things like you know little figurines and stuff like that real nerd shit you know I used to uh I used to be really into science and stuff too. So I remember having like microscopes and like taking blades of grass and being like, Ooh, what's this look like under a microscope? You know what I mean? And just like reading books and stuff. So yeah, that was Archie comics. Archie comics oh, yeah. popular then, you know, I ran through a, a ton of those goosebumps, the goosebumps series. If you remember that. I do. I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was huge on uh, scholastic book day. That's right. That was that, amazing. That those was always went, those were like the shelves of the Goosebumps always went first. That was what everybody got there for. You wanted to be front of the line for the brand new Goosebumps. You needed it. You needed yeah. it. Here yeah, man. Stein. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, uh, were you a Berenstein Bears guy? Oh, hell yes. Definitely. Definitely ran, probably all, read every single one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what what was your thought on going back to see that it's Berenstain Bears? Did that hit you? It did. I was a little confused. Right? I, I, don't, I don't really know. What's, do, do they have a proper explanation to really truly tell us why they would make such a rash decision? Well, 
apparently it's always been that. Evidently, according to there's theories or whatever, uh, that it's always been that way and we never noticed, or we're living now in an alternate universe where there are slight changes like that, hmm. where it's where we where it was Baron Steen and now it was Baron Stain, and they switched it because we're in an alternate thing. alternate. Okay, yeah. so that wow. I think it actually just took thirty years for somebody to go. Is it not Baron Steen? Have I been saying this wrong all the time? And okay. every one of us was like, "Yeah, we have. All of us have." I don't know. I feel at the same time, though, it could be just a tomato tomato thing, a potato potato thing. You know, it could just be true how you say it, your vernacular. You Speaking know? of that, have you <laughs> ever heard someone say potato? Um, yeah. You yeah. have? Yeah. I mean, Why? I'm pretty Are sure. Are they British? No, it was like one, one of those like uh, cra- crazy whites of, of Southern America documentaries. <laughs> Potatoes. The guy said potato? Yeah. Doesn't that... I always thought that made sense because tomato, tomato, that part made sense to me, right? But the the potato, potato ain't... Potato, I've... 35 years I've been alive. I never heard anyone be like, you know what I could go for is a couple potatoes. (laughs) I feel like I wouldn't... I feel like I couldn't be friends with that person, you know? Or, Or at minimum, I could never be around them when the word potato was going to come up ever could never have french fries or make french fries where they'd have to say can you pass the potatoes no no i will not i'll give you a potato but i ain't passing no potatoes no don't pass the potato so uh you mentioned uh being into sports as a as a kid until you found uh music at what age did that kind of come into your life heavily Hip hop, I, I was introduced to in high school. I think probably like around grade grade nine was when I really started getting into it, and just because me and my friends we loved it and we wanted to start writing. And one of my friends started writing raps, and he's like, "Oh, check out this rap I did!" And I was like, "Wow, that was dope! I totally could do that too." So, got some beats and just started going at it and had fun with it and started producing and making music and. You know, been doing that ever since. That's awesome, man. What? Who was the f- kind of first early influence on you? Um, artist wise, uh, I would say Nas. Nas has always been like one of my favorite artists, and like DJ Premier and Guru um, of Gangstar. That I always looked up to them. So yeah, that's that was kind of like my start. But I mean, you know, just like everybody, I listened to like 50 Cent and Eminem and stuff like that. And just like, you know, everything that was out at that time. So, and you mentioned that you, you, uh, your buddy wrote and recorded a rap, uh, or a song. And then, so so how old are you guys at this time? 15, 16, maybe. Wow. So is that when you wrote, is that when you started writing your first song as well? Yeah, I wrote poetry wow. before then, you know, just like... Did you really? Yeah. And what like kind creative, of, creative what kind of poetry? Lame shit. Poetry for girls, you know? <laughs> really? Is that Was that your move? That, that's, that's always been my move, bro. I still, I still write, write poems for my girl, but I write poems for, for, for friends and family members and stuff too. Yeah, I write, I write poems for my mom. I write, write poems still, you know? 
every you know well wow. now they're kind of like raps per se but it's still in poem form i guess um but yeah yeah i i, I always loved poetry can Red you poetry. give me uh can you give me a poem that you would have written like can you remember one of your early poems that you wrote i mean i i, I don't know if i could say one off the top but it would probably be really lame like 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 rhyming log with dog and i might hog the ball and go down the hall and fall crawl (laughs) (laughs) that's about it you know it would be really weak it would be really bad (laughs) (laughs) do you (laughs) but i have a lot of whack raps i will say that i will say that i think as any rapper you have to kind of like just do it to get better at it and there's a lot of times i wrote a lot of bars that were not that good but you know i've progressed and thankfully gotten a lot better over the years just from practice right and spending time at it do you remember right do you remember any poem you've written for a girl over the years that you were exceptionally proud of i mean i feel like every poem is better than the last poem it's strange to say but i must say my last my last poem was probably my best poem you know do you know it can i hear it I I mean, <clears throat> could I pull up a poem that I have on my phone? A poem? You 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 you're, you're you're on this, right? You want some like you want some poetic, some poetic bars here. I'm shocked that you're. I'm shocked that you're. Uh, Did uh, I even uh, write a poem? Poetry, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm amazed at this. You are, eh? This is is this a... something a lot of people know? Are we getting exclusive stuff right now, or does everyone know you're you're into poetry? I mean, I. I don't know how many people I talk to about my poems, to be honest. Well, I'm honored. I don't really, I don't, I don't really write much poetry anymore, like I said, other than just for my, my mom <laughs> and, and my girlfriend, you know, and just like every now and then, you know, for if, if a friend or somebody has passed or something like that, then um, that's kind of like how I get out get out the emotions right get out the thoughts is to uh write it in a poem <clears throat> i'm trying to find someone here i'm like i i don't i don't really have a a poetry file here i did pull up some poetry that's kind of like it's kind of like a, a, a rap poetry but you want to hear it yeah oh, absolutely <clears throat> oh this is a beautiful one it's about love are you sure you're here you're ready for this uh, yeah, I think so. I'm so influential. Music for the spiritual. Start clearing your temple. I'm cleansing your mind. So check it out. I'm opening your chakras. Let your energy waves transfer as they start connecting with mine. If you don't search, you never will find the true meaning to happiness. How to get to heaven when you die. The truth hurts. Go and build a new church. The thing is nobody thinks. They just do it first and realize after that they've already wasted the small chances that they had to please a God. We have a fear of getting mad. This is a clear catastrophe of global proportions and no one really cares we want to go into war when another god when another country's god ain't the same as ours we act like we're the ones that created the stars no one knows how we came to be the way that we are but we should really stick together and not be breaking apart this is love love there little 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 poetry wow that was beautiful that's on some like some 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 deep shit that was really (laughs) yeah that was really really nice Wow. I'm impressed. 
I'm very impressed. Poetry, my friend. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was really beautiful. That is love. You're right. Everything you mentioned is what love is. Love. You're this very deep. Love. You're a very deep guy. The, you know, hey, this the deep, deep is the ocean, my G. <laughs> I'm impressed, man. I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Um, do you remember... Uh, do you remember your very first um, song that you wrote that uh, that you were like, "Oh, this is this is like I'm getting this now." Um, it's hard to hard hard to think. I feel like the song that I I did that <clears throat> made me feel like <clears throat> I was a I was a credible rapper was when I did a song with a an artist named Cannabis. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of cannabis. He battled Eminem back in the day. Um, and he's just like a, a lyrical legend in the, in the hip hop community. And we did a song together. And when I did a song with him, it was, it was like the first time that I got somebody that was like at like that legendary lyrical legend status doing a song with me. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I'm, I must be doing something right. So I would say that would be, that song is called wake up. A nice and is that uh like early on is that early-ish in your career 2010 is probably when we made it and the record came out in 2011 what age were you when you knew like this is what i want to do full-time forever um i mean i'm 31 now so probably right around the age of like 20 even like 19 18 kind of like i don't know once i like i i really believed in myself early on like as soon as i started really working on music i thought that i could do this um for a living and then just takes a lot of time before obviously that that comes to fruition i have i had that dream that that crazy dream when i was young like oh i'm gonna get signed by a record label and they're gonna give me a million dollars and and i'm you know me and my friends are gonna be balling in ferraris and just like you know what i mean it's it, and and then you realize like it's a long hard road to get there unless you have like a one hit wonder situation or you get picked up by somebody like that that it's super super rare most of the time is just like you know the do-it-yourself approach and just go out there and hit the road and tour 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 and don't stop and every time somebody tells you no you just say i'm gonna find another way to to make this happen but i know that i can make it happen so yeah i would say early early on man i've, I've always believed in myself and uh yeah like i'm i'm very similar uh, to you in that I started uh, at 14, like I knew at 14, I think I knew at 13, I wanted to do um, something speaking wise, like be in front of people. I like that. And then mm -hmm. I got, I was a valedictorian of my grade eight class and got Congrats. like a standing. Thank you. Uh, it, it was not, uh, I always have to, because valedictorians are usually like the top student. That was not it for me it you're was the top speaker i just yeah i could deliver a speech that they're like okay we'll let them talk but if we went by accolades i would have not even been considered yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh but i i threw some like i don't know roasting in i guess would be the best way to describe it of of teachers 
and a little bit of uh, of the the parents and stuff. And then they love it. They stood at the end. They got a standing ovation. And I rem- yeah. I remember in that moment, like stepping back from the podium and being like, "Holy shit! I, I whatever that was, I just want to feel that every day. That's yeah. uh, that's all I knew. That and from the there, moment. yeah, mm-hmm. that was the moment, man. It all it I I, I think for because now it's I've been over twenty years doing it since that <laughs> moment or since I started, which was a few months later at 14, I was doing my first uh, show, you know, yeah. um, for stand up, and, and, you know, was kind of writing for a while, like jokes or funny thoughts or whatever. But that was the first time where I was like, I, this feeling I want. And then what, what does that mean? And, and I was a huge fan of comedy. I watched it every day. And then I was like, I think that's what I want to do. And then, started right away and i was it was all just like what you were saying it was always just something i knew in my mind this is i want to do this and i think that i can mm-hmm. yeah and i just thought believing in yourself yeah. yeah man and i thought same as you like uh you know yuck yucks was huge so i thought i was going to get signed by them and and mm-hmm. that was going to be it but uh yeah it doesn't things don't work out that way uh usually and uh you do have to find your own way which you mentioned touring and you're mm-hmm. you're on the road all the time. Obviously not right now, but on the road all the time. When was your first show? Do you remember your first live show? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I can say, I mean, kind of similar to you. I was also on that, you know, speaking path. I did speeches when I was younger too. Um, so I went to like speech competitions and stuff like that. And, um, and, you know, just getting comfortable with being up in front of people. But I remember the first time that I got up in front of an actual like crowd was when a rapper named Dio came to my high school and, uh, my guidance counselor at the time, Miss Ginzel, we had formed a really good relationship. Um, and she knew that I was getting into this rapping and she's just like, Hey, there's this rapper coming to the school tomorrow. He's going to be joined with, um, I think it was the, the lead singer of the guess who band and a couple other people. And, uh, and she's like, would you like to, you know, get up on stage and perform something when he comes here? And I was like, fuck yeah. So I, you know, I got something ready and, um, and performed that in front of 2000 students, all my classmates. And, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the most nerve wracking experiences ever in my life. Um, you know, heart pounding out of your chest type thing. Like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, especially like your, your, your classmates, these are everybody that you're going to see in the halls every day. And, um, and yeah, got up there and, and did it. And, got a good reaction and you know same same kind of similar situation like you get that feeling of like hey this is uh this is something that I could probably do and you know then I've started organizing my own shows so the first show that I actually like set up was in um Fergus we were going to high school at Center Wellington um I know you've been up to Fergus before right you've, oh yeah you've, yeah <laughs> and I love uh, Fergus and we set up a uh, a show at the community center, which is where the skate park is, and the uh, the arena rented out one of the halls and brought all our own equipment and everything, sold tickets for it, and that was basically the birth of of my company, Revolution Media, that now books events across the country and has booked for you know tons of different different acts um so that was just like doing it myself like being like hey no one else is going to do this for us nobody in fergus is going to set up a hip-hop show so let's just do it yeah that's amazing man good and good for you like a lot of people don't 
um, they don't think that way. You know, they think like, well, there are no shows here, so I can't do it, you know, or, or there's nobody doing that here. So it just can't be done yeah. here. And that or was, I have uh, to go somewhere else. I have to go to Toronto to be able to make it yeah. or to LA to be able to make it. And it's like, no, you don't. You could make it in your backyard. And generally in your backyard is the best place to make it. Cause they're going to want to like, tr- be like, you're our trophy. We want to support you. And we want to build you up and be like, look, he's from here. He's, he's our guy. He's our dude. You know what I mean? So those are the people you want to really create a, a family with and, and much respects to everybody that have been able to to get on the team and on board like that just helping and supporting build build the name build the brand and the company like there's a lot of people back home that uh that have done huge things for my career so yeah people who think that you need to go somewhere else or move somewhere else to to achieve success or or you know have some somebody else do everything for you like nah you can do it yourself it's not that hard you just got to put in the work takes a little bit of money takes a little bit of sweat and tears and you know yeah you'll take some l's and you'll fall on your face a bunch of times but you'll learn and then you just got to keep on going This episode of Lease and Learned is sponsored by the Big Fish Steak and Lounge in Sarnia, Ontario. One of my personal favorite restaurants in in the world. I was gonna say in the country, but no, in the world. They have some of the greatest food I have ever had. Every single time I eat there, I think to myself, it will never get better than what I have just eaten. And the next time I go back, they top it once again. It's that good. If you live in the Sarnia area, make sure you book your reservation for lunch or dinner, or hell, book your reservation for both right now. Do it tonight. What are you gonna cook for dinner tonight probably something awful don't do that head on over to the big fish steak and lounge if you don't live in sarnia i suggest you make a trip down just for the food or if you're going to be in the area stop in and have one of the greatest meals you will ever have this episode is also sponsored by the Carlot, etc in sudbury ontario where they make buying your next vehicle very very easy let's say you go online you find a vehicle that you want to test drive but you can't quite make it in, no problem at all. They will bring the vehicle to you so you can take that test drive right from your own home. They do have the largest used truck inventory in the north. They also have the best selection of cars, SUVs, and vans. If you're like me and your credit is, let's say, not great, that's no problem. They do have options for everyone. You can also trade in your vehicle. They offer the best trade-in value in the north. So head on over to the website, thecarlot.ca and book a test drive right now. This episode is also sponsored by MVP Properties. For all of your property management needs in Southwestern Ontario and the GTA, big or small, these folks do it all. From helping you find great renters for an investment property to large scale property management, MVP Properties is a complete solution property management provider based out of the Kitchener-Waterloo area. 
Problems with your current property manager? No problem. Give them a call. They'll be happy to give you great service at a reasonable rate. Visit mvpproperties.ca or call toll-free 1-844-284-RENT. That's 1-844-284-7368 or locally at 226-499-4687. This episode is also sponsored by Laughing Viking Studios in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Laughing Vikings is a digital media studio and live entertainment production company turning delusions into reality. Located in the heart of Toronto's TV and film district, the studio is the ideal home for creators, actors, podcasters, photographers, and filmmakers who need a convenient and flexible space to create. Book your studio time for self-tapes, podcasting, film shoots, photo shoots, casting sessions, workshops, and rehearsals, and ask about their memberships. Visit laughingvikings.com today. I don't know if it works the same, but have you ever had, like, can you bomb on stage? Or, or is it like, what's a bad show? Give me an example of something that didn't go well live. A bomb on stage. Um, <laughs> I can remember <laughs> a time. This is like not before I was rapping, but when I was a little kid, being so embarrassed about this is um, I remember it was some like play and I must have been grade three I think maybe grade two or grade three and I was supposed to play the recorder maybe um and I'm I just I missed my cue the the like the the teacher was like you know come up on stage or whatever for the for I think she wanted like the choir or something to come on and I'm just like all like happy like walk across the stage I'm like waving to my grandma and my mom like ah, I'm all excited like about to do my thing I'm like woohoo and then like the teacher comes over like no no not yet like go 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 back and sit down like you're not <laughs> supposed to be on stage yet and I was like I, I just felt my whole world drop I was like oh f- fuck what am i doing oh no and then just yeah i felt so sad and and yeah so that was that not not like bombing obviously like a comedy show but that was the first my first feeling of like damn i fucked up you know what i mean um i just missed my cue coming on stage but as far as like rap shows go um the the rap shows that i do for the most part are super supportive the fans are really supportive um but I mean, there there are some situations that you will get into if you don't know how to read the crowd properly, where things can turn bad against you. Luckily, that's never happened to me, but I've seen it happen to a few other people where they'll just like not know the ty- type of crowd that they're performing for and perform a certain type of music that just doesn't resonate with them, and it's just it it doesn't work. And that's the biggest thing in the in in music is like you I don't when you're performing in small hip-hop clubs across the country you can't just be like I'm just gonna go up there and just perform everything that I want to do and not care about the listeners not care about the type of crowd that's there you know what I mean and like 
you have to be able to just like a DJ, I feel like, read the crowd just like you do. I'm sure you, you've walked into comedy clubs and into different venues where you're like, this material isn't going to work with these people, but this material is going to crush you know what I mean? And you just have to like, and you, you get your cues and your keys off of like the first little bits of material that you do. Like, oh, this is the kind of crowd that I'm working with. And then you're like, I can pitch up on this and ease up on this stuff. And it's the same thing for musicians. I think that a lot of artists and hip hop artists, especially don't take into consideration the fans that they're performing for. It's not, everybody is not the same in every show that you go to and performing in your hometown is not the same as performing in the town, you know, two, three hours away or 10 hours or 20 hours away and stuff. And you could get to some places where the people just don't give a fuck about you or what you do or who you are. And they don't care. They don't care about what jokes you have or what you're about to say on the mic. It's fuck you play whatever music that I want to be listening to right now. You know what I mean? So, and you got to be cognizant of that and know how to navigate it and how to be able to give the people what they want while still remaining true to yourself and being who you are too. So that's, that's the fine line. You don't want to sell out and be like, Oh, well I have to make something like this to fit in like that. No, you don't. You can still be yourself. You just have to be fucking smart about it. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And you're right. Same in, um, same in comedy. There's a lot of comics that I've seen that go into, you know, they'll, they'll be doing, they're trying to do the same show in a legion that they're trying to do at a, at a nightclub. And they're trying to, you know, yeah. do the same show in a in a small town of fifteen hundred in a big, you know, three million uh, people or something city, uh, and it's just not the same. You have there's differences. Not to say you have to do some other act like you were mm -hmm. saying, but just yeah. you got to know who's there and what they're uh, what they're looking for. And particularly in comedy, I think what they're not looking for, uh, so you stay away from that at least for that night. You know, if you got a joke where you're saying the C word, you know, uh, in it and, you know, it's a crowd where that's just not the right place. Take that out. You know, you don't have to say yeah. it. Um, yeah. Now, you've worked with uh, a lot of a lot of big artists. Who are some of your favorite people that you've worked with over the years? Uh, definitely, I'd say Mercules, who's now you know, exploding his career is, is blowing up and, and he's, uh, he just keeps getting, getting better and, and getting bigger. So, um, you know, and it was awesome to see that literally happen as like a young MC to see his growth. Um, so him, it's, it's dope that I've got a chance to work with him and we've got a video together, uh, snack the ripper for sure. The song that we've got together for that, uh, the video, the homies, which is probably my biggest track on, uh, on my YouTube channel. So, big thanks to to him for you know doing doing that with me and um i got a chance to do a song with swola members which was you know for me as a like young hip-hop fan in canada that that was like dream come true type thing for me like just crazy just to to have like all of them back together on a song and and be able to orchestrate that and put a video together um i was just doing an interview the other day with somebody about that and telling them like i was like yeah you realize that song and video took four years to put together from like the time that i first got the beat to like finishing the the video and getting it all out it took four years for one song <laughs> you know wow. what i mean so like the the dedication and persistence and willpower to stick with a, a vision like that you know that was uh that was a big thing for me um to to do that record and and get that done 
done. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've worked a lot with Eva Lebenezer. He's a, somebody that I really look up to and respect in the, in the Canadian hip hop scene. I'm just glad to be in a position where I can do what I want, make music with whoever I want, whenever I want, and not be restricted by absolutely anything like as far as like genre restrictions label restrictions anything i literally can create what i want when i want and that's that's the way i want it you mentioned obviously touring quite a bit people you've worked with uh can you give me a couple of uh some of the crazier behind the scenes stories they must have seen a lot of parties or seen a lot of crazy shit while you've been out there to be honest for myself i don't party that much i don't really drink I don't, uh, I don't get out there and, and, and go crazy. So for me, I mean, the craziest thing is I'll give you this one right here. Right. Um, we were in a bar in Oakville, you know, Oakville. Sure do. Oh yeah. Good old Oakville, Ontario. It's a place called less than level. Oh, Springs I know level. that. I know that Springs place. Less than level. You've been there. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't, I've never been there. <laughs> no, you've um, heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it and I think either almost did a show there or something happened where we were going to do a show and it fell through there, but I definitely know of it. Okay. So I've, I've done a couple gigs there and, uh, the one time I'm there doing a show and, and as I'm performing this girl, um, who is like, you know, smoking, she, you know, dressed up to the tits like hair done nails done makeup on like just looking like she's ready for a, a, a night out right in this like low lit dingy bar and i'm like okay and doesn't she out of like nowhere start busting out the the craziest most flawlessly executed worm that you've ever seen in your life just fucking boom, boom, wow boom, boom, on the the dirtiest most disgusting floor you could ever see with like her her nice mini skirt and like halter top on and i was just like I, like i was just like what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh that oh, was hilarious. That, that's like, an immediate reduction in number. You go from a 10 to a 7, I feel. She she I don't know though, cuz at the same time it was like, damn, like you you don't give a fuck. You really don't like you that might you might earn and you might have hit the 11 at that point cuz you just like were like, you know, like you're the type that would just do anything. So <laughs> Yeah, but that's the problem. You'll do yeah. anything with I know, anyone. Is, oh. I know. It is a little scary. It is a little scary. I'm just joking. Oh. It's, it's strictly entertainment. But yeah, that was probably one of the most uh, epic moments that I've seen in a, in a venue live in front of my face. I was like, that is a, a moment in history I'll never forget. Were you on stage performing when she yes. did that? Yes. Wow. Do you, do you keep going or do you stop oh. and admire you 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 keep going but as you do you you your jaw is trying not to fall and just stay falling down because you're just like what i I keep performing and then after of course you got to give her props like people everybody in this entire bar please acknowledge at the magnificence of that worm that just you know appeared upon our our dance floor so yeah you had to, you had to get and they all erupted of course everybody was quite uh, quite pleased with her 
her performance, you know? Did you talk to her when you were done the show? I think, yeah, I, I think I did for sure. I did. I definitely came up and gave her props for sure. I, I pretty much do that all the time. So yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, she was very intoxicated at that point. So I should um, hope so. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Had to give her props. Did you wash your hands after the props were given? I was not too concerned, like the situation of COVID now. You right. Know? Right. I, and it was most likely a, uh, a a fist pound props. So, I mean, I don't really got to wash my hands too much with that. That's fist fair. Just the knuckle pound. Just the knuckles. She got yeah. the knucks. She got the knucks. I wonder how she's doing now, if she's willing to do all that. I wonder how she's doing in this current climate. You know, she obviously can't be doing the worm in disgusting places for the time being. No, I mean, she probably would have to hold back on that, but she would be the type to, you know, protest down Main Street, busting a worm in front of City Hall, like, fuck you, COVID! <clears throat> Who knows? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't have you ever to. had any, uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had any, uh, uh, you know, crazy uh, crowds, like unruly, rowdy, anything like that that got a little out of hand? Um. Not really out of hand, but I would say the most like unruly kind of like crazy crowd is like at ICP concerts. Have you, have you ever heard of ICP and St. Clown Posse? Uh, well, yeah. And yes, I have. I became aware of them because they were briefly in wrestling. Yeah. So that's, you're, you're <laughs> that's how I found it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was so. a huge fan when I was like a teenager, like a, uh, Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like that era. I was mm-hmm. I was massively into it. I think they were in WCW, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, sorry, you're yeah, they they uh their live show is phenomenal. Um if if you ever get a chance to to go to a show, you definitely should. Um or get down to the gathering in the juggalos, the big festival that they throw, um, which obviously I think is have to be postponed this year. Um but yeah, I mean they they basically uh they're they're on stage and they have about 500 to 1000 2 liter pop bottles of fago which is this this type of pop and they shake them up and then launch them off the stage oh nice at people's heads and shit like flying like 50 feet off of the stage and just like pegging people right in the head like so much that they'll not they knock them out and they fall down on the ground and like get back up and grab the pop bottle and dump it all over themselves and go ah! like they're just it's pretty intense so yeah that's uh that's probably the most most crazy crowd to be around but at the same that the crazy thing about it is how they're so wild and and unruly and, and juggalos are just so, so crazy and out of control, but yet they still treat each other with such respect. And there's such a, a camaraderie and a family about the whole thing, and which is, which is great. So, you know, big shout outs to, to the juggalo family. Cause all you hear all night is like family chants. And like, if somebody falls down, somebody's there to pick them up real quick. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to, to experience, but they have like an arm, a Fago Armageddon shower where they have like all the 50 or 60 VIP people come up on stage and shaking pop bottles and tossing them off stage. And like, it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah. that's incredible. ICP. Wow. I, I'm just thinking about like if that ever happened at a comedy show at a comedy club, some comedian took a bottle of Fago and just 
shot Launched it, at, it right? yeah <laughs> that's good luck yeah you're not getting booked there again you're not getting like you might have caused a, a lawsuit right that person's probably gonna sue you for it like it's crazy at these icp concerts they can do whatever they want and their fans do not give just a gets up they, and pours it on his head that's what a reaction seen it happen two feet away from me straight up i was like this is insane have you ever seen anything uh has anything ever happened backstage with uh you know with some of the some of the famous people that you've been around uh that was crazy or anything that you were like holy shit i can't believe i'm witnessing what's happening right now um for sure i mean i'll i'll mention one that was pretty fucked up situation was um freeway who's a, a rapper that was signed to rockefeller records jay-z's record label um so he's got a, a a big chain a rockefeller records chain that was given to him by jay-z when he signed him and uh he did his performance or wait no he hadn't performed yet this is the fucked up thing he hadn't performed yet he was backstage and we were in oshawa and it was like a I think a 10, 10 or 12 city tour. And this was like halfway through the, the tour. And, um, I'm, I'm standing in the crowd watching one of the openers. And all of a sudden I see a couple guys like running out from behind stage and then a bunch of other people. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm running towards the, the entrance to see what's going on. Find out that, um, backstage, somebody punched, uh, punched freeway in the face and took his chain off of him and then and then ran and they got away holy shit and did they so they had did they know who did it um i mean i don't i don't really want to speak too much on the whole situation because yeah i mean that's you know but yeah wow pretty crazy crazy situation so that that was one thing that was just like holy shit like that really just happened uh, like right there uh, like backstage like <laughs> fucking the artist getting getting knocked out and robbed like that like it's just not something you expect right but um you know situations like that you know that's why you see me with no jewelry on you know i've got i've got enough money i could buy a lot of jewelry but i do not uh I do not support that stuff because I know that it makes you makes you a target. And unless you're rolling around with your security or you know 100% every single person who's going to be there, you you just you can't you can't trust it. Yeah, fair enough. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Um is there anything that comes to mind like a, do you have a worst show that you've ever done live show where you were just like that was a fucking disaster? <laughs> huh maybe not even personally yes. for you just like that it was set yeah. up or the promoter was shitty or you know stuff like that I'll, I'll give you this one i'll give you this one um uh booked maestro fresh west for a show in sarnia oh i love sarnia okay right so we're in sarnia at the portuguese canadian club Oh wow! Okay, right? <laughs> I love it already. Yeah, right. I'm just painting the picture for you, my G. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's uh, that's where we're at, and um, 
we're we're getting ready for the show. It's it's packed. We have probably like it it only holds maybe two hundred and twenty people, and there's probably already two hundred people in there. And um, we were in charge of running everything, so getting security and all that stuff. And uh, some fights break out out front, which you know typically would happen up there in Sarnia. The hip hop shows people would just start fighting outside so fight happens cops get called the cops show up and the security guards that were hired for the event um dipped out because apparently they didn't have proper security id oh no so they just as soon as the cops showed up just like left and then i was kind of like dealing with the the cops like um you know, cause they're just like, Hey, there's fights outside. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's outside. It's not in, in the venue, blah, blah, blah. We can't control everything. And they're just like, okay, where's your security? So I'm trying to find the security security is nowhere to be found. They end up having to shut the whole event down. And Maestro did not get a chance to perform that night, nor did I and a bunch of other people, um, oh. all because of, you know, a fight outside and, and the security not having the proper ID and dipping out, which is, you know, yeah <laughs> lessons lessons that were learned if in, that in doesn't completely sum up sarnia to <laughs> just as a town i mean that's, that's the amount of times i've done shows at bars in sarnia where i was like i don't think the security guy is trained Legit. i think he just <laughs> i think he just bought a shirt that says security, security on it exactly. yeah Anybody can yeah. buy a shirt. He made it himself off the with the <laughs> yeah, he, he did all the stitching and shit. Just <laughs> ironed on a, a security thing, but did it backwards. So it's yeah. you have to hold a mirror to it to see it properly. Oh man. Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. That sums it up. So yeah, that was probably one of the, the craziest strange, you know, and and shitty experiences. That's and the to the opposite of that, is there one that stands out where at the end of the night you were just like, you know, one of those nights where you just can't get to sleep because you're it's the adrenaline's pumping and you're just thinking, I can't believe what just happened here. That's happened quite a few times, yeah. I mean, for big ones, the the, the most recent one was was definitely the Snoop Dogg show. Um that was like we had about 4,000 people in Sudbury at the arena and just like you know going from like the start of the night to the very end of the night like being there when nobody was there and setting everything up to like being there when everybody had left at the end of the night and just kind of standing there being like what the fuck just happened like that is crazy like sold out show with Snoop Dogg in Sudbury and I just rocked that like that's crazy <laughs> so yeah that was definitely a surreal moment that's amazing yeah. did you and get to hang out like with that. Snoop Dogg I did not no he basically was in and out like in on the stage out after he's off the stage yeah really yeah so you didn't you didn't get a chance to smoke with snoop Dogg. no no definitely definitely on the bucket list though i was i was talking to somebody else about that and they're like yeah you definitely got to smoke with snoop and like i want to smoke with him but i want to smoke with him when i get to the point where like i'm a big enough artist that he invites me on his show and then we can smoke together that's the kind of smoke i want to hit with snoop gotcha <laughs> yeah absolutely um do you have a weed mount rushmore I'd say Mark Emery'd probably be on there just because of like, like yeah. 
everything he's done for the the community and like i got a chance to meet him in person when i was in vancouver at his shop one time which was like super cool he just like came out from behind the counter and started smoking dabs he's like you want to smoke a dab i was like fuck yeah dude smoking dabs with fucking mark emery that's lit (laughs) so that was cool i would say him snoop's got to be on there 100 percent. i would say cypress hill would have to be on there and then a guy named burner who's like helped a lot of artists get into the weed game and he's uh he's like a big connoisseur of the the herb entrepreneurism <laughs> that's going on right now so yeah i would say him so i'll wrap things up here but before we uh let you go uh you just hit one million views on youtube recently congratulations on that thank you thank you how long did that take from like starting to do it almost, to- almost 10 years wow yeah, so my my channel hits its ten year anniversary uh, next month in May, on uh, like May tenth or something like that, and I was really hoping that we'd hit that mark before we hit the ten year anniversary. And now I can just see from the the amount of <clears throat> traction that we've been gaining on the channel in the last few months that like we're probably gonna hit that second million within the next year or two. Like it'll be a lot quicker than the initial you know 10 years that it took to build the first million up so it's just like you have to get the the ball rolling you know what I mean and get get eyes on you and then eventually it just starts picking up after that so yeah I think but it's it's a it's a huge accomplishment and I think that there's you know a lot of uh a lot of potential on YouTube a lot there's so many eyes there's so many people especially now during this COVID situation I think people are even more so you know on YouTube and checking out interviews like this one or you know just engaging in content with people that they they like so yeah I think um, the sky's the limit with that I'm very excited to watch the channel grow and build over the years and yeah if you are listening to this make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel give it a thumbs up if you like the the videos and and drop some comments appreciate your your time and taking the time to uh to do this and congratulations on all the success and uh i hope to uh come i hope to first of all come to a show someday i would love to see you perform live because i think that's um there's just nothing like the live experience you know hell yeah that would be awesome and before we finish this i want to leave with this this tidbit because this is just the mind fuck of the century so um while we were Well, I, I first met you at that comedy show, right, in Guelph, which was how many, two years ago, maybe, something like that. Yeah. I, 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 it, was, it was a while ago. And I think yeah, that's when I, st- I started following you on Instagram. And since that time, we have never spoken or interacted on any social media or anything, right? Okay, so that night that you messaged me about doing this interview... I saw the clip that you posted about the um, you were in Hamilton. You were doing that one about the correctional officer. You're just like, that's a guy who knows who's been to HR a couple of times <laughs> that that one. As I'm watching this clip, I'm looking at it and I've, I've watched a lot of your content, but I literally I'm looking at this clip and I'm just like, <clears throat> I want to talk to this guy. I really want to talk to this guy. I love his stuff. I want to get it heard by more people i want more people to see it and i know a lot of like advertising stuff and and i want to follow up with you and and talk a little bit more about that and dive in but like i literally am looking at my phone and and thinking like a specific thought like i want to talk to you i literally was like 
sending that message out and within two hours there was an email in my inbox from you saying hey i want to interview you that's crazy bro i was like is my manifestation power that fucking strong right now literally like it sometimes your thoughts are unbelievably powerful but when it happens that quick when it happens like within a two-hour span where i'm like i really want this to happen and then it happens it really fucking proves to me how powerful and how effective your thoughts are. Cause I'm telling you, like, obviously you wanted to have this conversation. You saw stuff that I'm doing and you were like, Oh, this is cool. I should reach out to him at some point, but I have a fucking good inclination that that strong, like energy force that I was sending into that phone at that time when I was watching that video and being like, I want to talk to him right now has a lot to do with why you sent that email to me and a lot to do with why we're talking right now. So, yeah. Wow. Wanted you that, to know that. <laughs> that, I appreciate you letting me know that that's, that is, you're right. That is the mind fuck of the century right there. That's incredible, within, man. Within two hours, dude. Within Literally. two hours. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> and I, my thing was, I was, I'm, you know, obviously because of the, the transition from so much touring into like more content, I'm trying to get advice and get, you know, different people that have success online to share their, you know, somewhat of how they did that and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot, there's not a lot of um, comedians that I know personally that have great online success. So there's, I've been reaching out to different people in different sectors mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I saw your post about the million views and I'm like, this guy seems to like a lot of videos. I've seen your <laughs> thing pop up and I'm like, yeah. I, he must be somewhat familiar with me and we've been friends and followed each other for a while. So I thought I, I'll reach out and see if, uh, you know, we can set something up and I'm curious to know, you know, especially cause you do your own shows and stuff. And that's always been my way of doing stuff as well. I'm curious to know how you did that and you know, what, what your process was. And, um, you know, so it's, that's insane that on the other end, it was right. you thinking, I want to talk to me. That's right. crazy, yeah. man. The, the, the yeah, power. the power, that, the that power is some is power, man. Um, well, I, I, I don't think there's any better way to, to end it than that. That's, uh, that's the wrap up. Thank you so much. Where can people, uh, follow you social media wise? Social media, all my stuff's Robbie G Hip Hop, R O B B I E G Hip Hop on Instagram. It's Robbie G dot Hip Hop. And um, my website is Robbie G Hip Hop dot com. And you can get the links to all my stuff on there. Um, feel free to send a message if you've, you're checking this interview out and you liked it, you enjoy it, you're like, this guy seems like a cool dude. Send me a message, send me a DM, be like, hey, I saw you on that Jeff Leeson show and that was cool. Um, because, yeah, I love to hear from, from everybody out there that's listening. So hit me up. Huge thanks to Robbie G for being my guest here this week on the podcast. Make sure you follow him on all social media platforms and subscribe to his YouTube channel and Spotify as well. He also just wrote a book, so head on over to his website and get yourself a copy of that. That guy, he is doing huge, huge things, and I could not be more excited uh, for him to be a part of this. So thank you so much to Robbie G. And thank you guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope to see you next week. Yeah.